Appreciate you guys checking in to episode one of Down the Parkway podcast. Today I'm joined by grad assistant Sam Freyer and video coordinator Trey Scotty. What's up guys? What's up? How we doing? Thanks for having us. Appreciate you guys coming out here. Um, pretty cool place we're recording today. They were a little sketched out on uh, where I was sending them though, uh, where the studio was at. Um, but they made it um, here to talk about kind of what they do as a video coordinator and as a grad assistant um, at Xavier. Um, Trace headed into his third season, correct? Yeah, this will be my uh, third year at Xavier. So, first, Or second year as a video coordinator? Yeah, so uh, my first year I was a graduate assistant for Chris Mack. So it would have been 2017-2018 season. And then uh, when Coach Steele took over, I got bumped up to video coordinator. So I'll be going into my second year in that role with uh, Coach Steele. So. Cool, cool. And Sam, this will be your, your second year. Year two. Uh, I was the GA last year, same role this year. Um, from Cincinnati, really enjoy it. So, so yeah, so uh, Trey played, or Trey was the, uh, you were student manager at IU, correct? Yeah, I was a manager for uh, four years under Tom Crean. So I got to Indiana as a freshman in fall 2013, and then uh, I did that all the way up through uh, graduation in 2017. So. And you played in, you played basketball in high school. Yeah, I played basketball in high school. I'm from uh, Pekin, Illinois, so it's right outside Peoria. Peoria's had uh, a couple pretty good players. Sean Livingston's kind of been the big name. As thought as a late and uh, kind of a basketball area, I would say not necessarily as much football town. So grew up around basketball, and uh, yeah, ended up in Indiana afterwards, and so that's that. Cool. Sam, what's your uh, basketball background? I know you played at AU. Uh, I went to Madeira High School. I did not play AU growing up, actually. I was uh, a big-time worker in high school, so I worked at Mercedes in the car wash. So, hey. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound as cool as it is. It literally, like, they built a Mercedes, and they went to the nearest high school and said, hey, we need eight kids to work the car wash in the summer. And I was in the principal's office. Like I was literally like in the <laughs> office that day, and like I was like, I'll do it. So I never ended up playing at AAU. I worked for three years. Basketball wasn't a big passion of mine, and I grew. As a lot of people say, I got a lot taller, and I really enjoyed it. And then I was able to walk on the Ohio University uh, men's basketball team for four years under Saul Phillips. So I played there for four years. I never, the day I knew I was going to go down, one of the coaches at the time texted me. He was actually a GA. He called himself a coach. And I, a lot of GAs, that's kind of something you don't do. <laughs> and I was like, well, I had no clue what a GA was, but like instantly, like he. What year was this? 2014. Okay. So his name is Brandon Pritzel. He's like an assistant at D2 school in Michigan called Hillsdale College. And he texted yep. me like the whole deal about it. And I didn't know what a GA was, but like I talked to him that day. And like from that day, I was like, all right, like I want to do this. This is what I want to do. So I'm going to, I wrote out the Ohio University thing for four years. Um, it was a great time. And I started applying to be a GA somewhere and luckily landed at Xavier. and loved it ever since that's awesome um what were the kind of couple things that stood out to you about being a GA that kind of drew your attention into something that you'd be interested in uh pursuing so at Ohio all of my assistants um were GAs at one point whether I was at the D1 D2 D3 level and they're just kind of like more I thought about more I heard like I know our head football coach was a a GA like everyone's just GA 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 that's what you gotta do it's like I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So I kind of just said, like, that's what I'm going to do. Trey probably has the same. What kind of drew you into it? Yeah, my dad coached high school for a brief stint when I was younger. So I was just around, like, a basketball culture every day, off-season workouts, scouting, practice. And so that really drew me into the day-to-day of a a basketball team. And I knew I probably wasn't going to be a Division I player, probably about freshman year of high school. So I started to think about coaching. Oh, coaching would be cool. Coaching would be cool. Found out about a, a really cool tradition at Indiana, them placing a lot of managers uh, in the NBA as coaches or front offices or college coaches, like guys like Lawrence Frank, who uh, was running the, the Clippers. He was a GA, right? Uh, he was a manager at Indiana. Oh, and oh so, yeah, That's sweet. So, yeah, so then I got to, like, hey, I want to coach. And then you get to Indiana and you kind of see how it works. Mm-hmm. And, like, Sam, I didn't even know what a GA would have been until I got to college. 
But the guy that also hired me as a manager at that time threw me through the interview process, set me up to work summer camps, which is like how I met the IU staff. Uh, he was a GA, and so you just kind of you get around it. And as a freshman manager, you, you have no idea what's going on. Just from a basketball perspective, it's a lot. Uh, operational standpoint, it's a lot. And you start to realize guys that are GAs, they were players in college. Uh, they were managers in college. And you kind of realize it's, it's almost like an internship for a regular job, per se, where you know some, mm-hmm. some pay more than others. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like a, a temporary job that expires after a certain time. They're bringing in new people. And, and like any job, mm-hmm. if you do a really good job as an intern and there's an opportunity, they, they may hire you full on, uh, full time afterward, or if you do a good job, they, they may recommend you for another job. So that's really what a GA is. And at the same time, you're getting grad school as well. So did that, did the opportunity as a, um, or the experience as a student manager kind of help you and kind of your adjusting to be a GA? No question. Uh, Tom Crean was the head coach my entire time in Indiana and he was a workhorse, like 10 out of 10 work ethic. And he held everybody to that standard throughout the program including the managers, and so he really got after us, even as managers, it sounds wild, but he almost treated us like players to a degree, and he would kind of get on us in practice if, if we weren't paying attention or doing what we were supposed to be doing. We worked a lot of hours being on the court. We did a lot of cutting of the film for the assistants, so it, it was a really cool. nice opportunity to learn how to work hard, I think, first and foremost, work under pressure because you're, you're expecting big things out of, out of people that – are making you know either millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. So getting exposure around those people, and then you're just you're getting a basketball education, and you're getting an education as to how a basketball team operates day to day. Like how do you how do you make sure all the players are on the bus and make sure they have their shoes for the game? Like how do you get a team meal? All that simple stuff that on the outside you don't really think about, but all that stuff's crucial just to eliminating as many distractions as possible and having a college basketball program move you know, as smoothly as you possibly could have it. So. All right, staying organized and kind of keeping it functional. Um, so kind of some of your guys' responsibilities is, like, you just mentioned cutting film. Is that something that you guys both knew uh, while you were in college, or is that something you had to learn on the go, or how did you guys kind of learn that kind of craft of doing film breakdown? And it seems like I know it's kind of both of your responsibilities right now. Is that true? So, like, talking about responsibilities, I think the best way to say it is, first off, like, I – as being more on the player side in college, like I had no responsibilities. Now I was, I was always aware I wanted to be a GA. So I was always just in the office at Ohio. Like I just, if I was in class, I'm in the office. Like, cause I was like trying to learn everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't doing a lot of film, but I was just seeing the process of it. Like I was seeing like, all right, it's like, obviously it's a full-time job, but like you're getting there meetings, film breakdown. Like for me, that's kind of a bad, an- quite bad person to answer that question. Cause I had no clue about film coming to college now Trey was a wizard because in Indiana they did a lot of film as managers I'll answer that for him but like getting to Xavier just the ability to break down film and like understanding how like you wanted to, it's so behind the scenes that no one's going to be happy that, that it gets done but people are going to be more mad when it's not done so it's like game's over Coach Steele gets home, like the game's on his computer so he can watch it Oh, it's, it's like that? It's yeah that so it's like it's a lot of like I didn't know that like, I had no clue. So, Trey probably can answer a little better just by the day-to-day stuff. Yeah, when I was at Indiana, we had a different film system. But uh, basically, you learn the operation of it. And it's like Sam said. So, when a coach, after a home game, they get up to their office. Or basically, by about the time we get to a busted and away game. You know, at Indiana, and, and basically, I'm ultimately responsible for this with my job at Xavier's. Those coaches have that game. And not only are you like you're not just watching a TV copy to where there's dead time commercials. It's all about saving time, and th- those guys have so much to do. They don't have time to, to fast forward it. So basically, they have a system where it's cut up, and you're you're only seeing what matters. You could watch all of the offensive possessions in a row. You could watch all the under out of bounds. Maybe you want to watch a certain player. Hey, how did how did Najee Marshall perform this game? Let's pull up his clips, and and you can go through and kind of filter that as quickly as possible to to find what you're looking for. Are you using uh, it's called Spectrum or what? What's it called? The system. Synergy is Synergy, a, yeah, Synergy yeah. is like a what everyone uses to pull film from. So. It's a database where you you could pull any player, any team, NBA. You could pull uh, an AAU if you're trying to watch a kid. That is that what you guys are using now? Yeah, so like our coaches will use it to, to evaluate summer stuff, and since they don't have as much time to go out and recruit, they're constantly watching kids' synergy clips. Um, 
we'll pull a player up to the office and assistant may watch. You may be watching uh, with Quentin Gooden. Hey, this is how Chris Paul snakes a ball screen. Look at look at how he does something like that. So you're studying film. Uh, you may be, if you're a head coach, you'll be pulling NBA sets from the Rockets because if you watch a game at night, that's two and a half hours. Well, what are you going to find in two and a half hours? Maybe three plays you like. Well, you could pull it up in synergy and watch the all those clips in 30 minutes. So mm-hmm. it's really all about efficiency, putting together a bank of things that you like, making different edits, and it, it's just all about like having a portfolio for whatever your goals are video wise that on that particular day. So that's interesting. Um, so basically, like Coach Steele gets done with the game, does his interviews and stuff, and he heads back to his office, and he expects to have a cut up version of kind of whatever he demands, or is it similar? Is it like he wants all the offensive possessions, or he demands individual? Uh, He'll have that game uh, after, the, after the game we just played, and he could basically organize it however he wants. It's almost like, a for those of you familiar with Excel, you could almost organize it in that manner. So you could, you could double-click a column, and you're watching all specific players' clips. Maybe you're watching all the sideline out-of-bounds clips. You could watch the game in succession, the time succession. It's however really the coach's preference to watch it. Like some some coaches will watch a game when they're doing a scout. If you're preparing for Marquette, they may watch all of Marquette's offense at once, just kind of drill it down. And then some coaches prefer to watch the game in in the order of the game: offense, defense, offense, defense. So it's really all personal preference, and we kind of give them every avenue to watch it however they want afterwards. That's cool. So you now. Are you in charge of, are you guys kind of, either of one of you guys can answer, are you guys in charge of kind of helping break it down, or is it uh, just kind of su- supplying them that and kind of going over and kind of learning from them breaking it down, or how does that kind of work is in your position? Yeah, um, not necessarily uh, breaking down, like, the scouting and the film. So it all kind of depends on the assistance in some schools. So, like, I know GAs at other schools, they have a GA assigned to a coach, and they help that coach with the scout directly. Now, last year, being at Xavier with my first year and all three assistants' first year, uh, I learned quickly that, like, when Chris Mack was the head coach, Coach Steele did this, did his scouts, and, like, they had that trust for nine, ten years they were together. They knew how they were doing it. For, for last year, it was more Steele kind of learning out our assistants, and he's really not controlling, but he, he really likes watching film. He's a film junkie. Really? So he, he, he does it. Like, some head coaches, like at Ohio, like our head coach, like, he lets some of our assistants do a little more. Mm-hmm. But it kind of just depends on, like, our assistants ask for our insights at times, but just kind of full-on collective. Like Matthew Graves, our special assistant, he really works in the offensive end, so like he'll be watching a lot of offensive clips and just kind of they all watch it together. And then Steele, again, like as a head coach, he's a film junkie, so he's always watching film. That's cool. How's how's it been meeting Graves? And I need getting Coach Graves kind of associated with the program and all you guys. How's that been? Uh, I love him. Uh, everyone calls him Gravy Train is his new name. Uh, <laughs> I definitely, like, first day, like, I'm pretty personable, and I love going at people a little bit. Everyone kind of knows that. Uh, I went at him, like, right away. I call him a dad because he's just kind of built. Like, everything he does is just, like, so dad-like and like, <laughs> so old school. Like, all of our assistants are, like, steals. Everyone's pretty young, and, like, he's just kind of, like, the old ball there. But he really is, like, he's a bas- – again, he's, like, he, he loves ball. He's a basketball junkie. Like, sometimes you got to sit back, and it's like, man, this dude was an associate head coach for two Final Four teams with yep. Brad Stevens. Like, yep. He was a head coach at one point. Like he really knows what he's doing. And like, mm-hmm. it was last Friday. We were sitting in our office and like we were looking at this drill we did. And like, he just had an adjustment in practice I never would have thought of. And it's like, man, this dude. Like, he's been around the block a few times. So he's definitely a great piece for us at Xavier. And what kind of adjustment was that? Just kind of curious. Was so it-, it was just an, a, a shooting drill in practice, and it was just kind of like we tried to do shooting drills, make them like game like. Mm-hmm. and sort of how a play would happen and make sure it's a shot that you're actually going to take in a game. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was, we had one guy cutting one way, and he just kind of like, hey, do it this way. And it really made a lot more sense. And it was just saving time and it, just that kind of stuff, like those key cool. pieces every day. Like, I can't wait to see how he is during games with his basketball knowledge and all the situations he's been through. That's sweet. I know. I feel like Xavier's uh, lucky to have him and all the experience he's had, especially coming in as a special assistant to the head coach. I've, I think that'll be someone good to have in Coach Steele's corner throughout the season. Um, but, yeah, what, what are our roles? We kind of touched on film now. What are our roles each of you guys can answer? Um, do you guys kind of have that you guys enjoy? Um, what kind of what kind of uh, tasks are kind of more challenging that you guys do? Just talk about kind of more your role. I feel like uh, other than film and going to, going to practices, I feel like fans don't really understand exactly what you guys are, are doing behind the scenes. Yeah, um, both of us to an degree are just kind of doing whatever needs done each and every day like you said video is a, is a big part I would say it's been 
35 to 40%. Are you guys um, both doing highlight stuff too? Um, Sam does more of the highlight stuff, and he can talk more about that in a second. Um, I do more a basketball film perspective, so helping our coaches. I won't give any like specific hints away, but let's say Coach Steele sees something in the tournament, a, t- a specific thing a team's doing well defensively. Mm-hmm. He may ask for all the film on how they did that throughout the year. So basically, I'm putting that all together on his computers where he could be at home or, or in the office, and he's able to watch that stuff, like I said, efficiently. So as opposed to, uh, let's just give an example, and this isn't a real one, but let's say he wanted to know how to attack a 2-3 zone. You wouldn't want to watch a full game of every team. I'm just pulling those specific 2-3 zone clips of that team offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say it was North Carolina's offense. Then he can go back and he can just watch those clips bang, 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 and save time. So I'd say that's 35 to 40% of my day. Um, I also do a lot of different work with compliance in the NCAA. So I help our players get different Pell Grants that uh, they're, they're eligible, which is just basically money that they, they could be eligible for given the, their background and their parents' tax situation. I do living, so I help guys work through leases with an off-campus apartment or maybe it's a freshman getting into the dorms, get all things situated. Hey, who do I, where, do, where do I go do my laundry? How, how do I sign something online to get that set up? Um, that's awesome. So you know, you're, you're playing kind of like a, a role in their everyday life, kind of helping them through the, their whole For adjustment. sure. Yeah, for sure. It's like you're talking to kids' parents. Hey, no worries. Uh, such and such guy, I got him to sign a waiver today, and he is good to go to move into this section of his dorm, something like that. Uh, another big thing I do is I run all the camps in the summer, all the day camps with all the kids. So I'm hiring a staff of you know 15 to 25 people. They could be managers of their schools. They may play in college somewhere, maybe a high school coach, uh, Division three assistant, something like that. So that takes a lot of time. Just you got to get insurance for camp, work out your, your building contracts. You're hiring a staff. You're organizing a camp for you know, 200, 250 kids. So so that's pretty pretty time-consuming. And uh, and then from there, it's just whatever could be needed on a certain day. So a coach may ask for input on, on something basketball-wise, and that, that's where the job can be really fun is because as you – become familiar with these people and, and they trust you, they may ask you for more of a best role. Hey, what do you think of this recruit? Hey, what do you think of this play that I'm thinking about suggesting to Coach Steele? And then it's all the little things too, like like I said, helping guys get through with uh, the dorms and helping them understand how to budget their money at the cafeteria for the semester. All those kind of small <laughs> things to, to, no, make, that's, yeah, that's real. to make the program go through uh, day by day. So They have like what cash on their cards and you just have to help them kind of yeah, yeah, just you know, just to understand. If you're a freshman coming onto campus, you, you you're spinning because, hey, I got to go to the trainer this hour. I got class this hour. I have basketball workouts this hour. The last thing those guys are thinking about is their dorms or how they they acquire money to, for food or how they use the cap. So it's just kind of helping those guys with the little things because Coach Dill wouldn't have enough time in his day to to deal with every single minor detail for how these kids live their lives. So we take it on as a group and uh, just just help these guys be student athletes so yeah uh i think sky didn't say he's also in charge of all of our uh, student managers as uh being a head manager at indiana he's very credentialed for that position um what i i'd same thing as sky whatever's asked for uh this year jeremy guard leaving um a lot of tasks were opened up to people and just kind of like filling in voids like hey what can i do to help spain uh just kind of like again Stuff gets pushed to Scotty. Scotty pushes it to me. Manager gets pushed. Just kind of that whole kind of situation. Um, another rule I've took on lately is uh, the social media side. So again, like like every other twenty two year old, twenty three year old, I love Twitter. I love Instagram. <laughs> uh, so much that like I really reached out to Mario last year, Mario McCurry, our, our assistant athletic director, and I kind of said I wanted to get, in, get involved with it. So I kept like pushing ideas, pushing ideas, and like if you ever ask Mario, I probably have given him hundred ideas he said no to right from like I wanted to do a body issue I wanted to do a, a weight lift, weight room lifting video with our mascot like I have listed some of the dumbest ideas but then like all of a sudden you get something like the the countdown calendar for our former players yeah like so yeah. like every now and yeah. then it's just like you can't fa- you gotta fail to succeed a couple hype videos in there too. yeah so like a lot of stuff like I just watch other stuff like just pick and choose and do you follow other like yeah, so, accounts? no I, yeah I follow uh we our managers we have a thing called SWAT team so it's me Trey Mario and two of our managers Brendan Ross and Michael Serralo mm-hmm. and they actually have an account we have like a burner that follows like 300 professional and college teams so once I get on there it's kind of go through like oh this right. is cool this is cool like 
you ever look up like this is like, honestly really cool to look at the hashtag SM Sports. It's like social media sports. Uh, just like look it up sometime and just like go through latest. It's just like, for example, like I'll just show you this. People can't see this is bad radio, but like we found this today. We found it and like we made it. So like, it's a cool background on an iPhone, people. But like that's something like I saw until like some guy for the Minnesota Wild did it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, how'd you get the X to like move in and out like that? Brandon Ross made it, and oh, it's just like, yeah. But it's just like playing around. Like that's never gonna like, people are never gonna really use that. But it's like this always kind of growing. Like the Twitch idea. I don't know if people saw that. Yeah, that was really cool. Get the guys going. Yeah, on so Twitch. it kind of failed first time. So Wi-Fi wasn't great. So my whole thing is we in the recruiting process we sell the whole idea of growing your brand, and like we have to we have a spotlight in Xavier, forty thousand followers on Twitter. Like we have yeah. to help these guys after they leave Xavier, like build a brand, build followers, like. Get as much stuff, get them live, get people seeing their face, help them with highlight videos, help them like grow themselves. It's just another way like that we can be right. better. And it's selling recruiting too. It's like, hey, like we have a live Twitch channel. So like once a week, like we're doing a 2K live game where like people, brands, other people are seeing like who Demir Bishop is, who Najee Marshall, who Jason Carter is as a person off the basketball court. So just like that I just saw like that was an area that I could help myself in and I could help people with and like I could grow myself. So how's it been going? It looks like you've had some success doing it. Yeah, I mean again, like I I can't tell you the dumb ideas I've had. Let's get let's get one. Let's get one one of those ideas that didn't go through Mario. Oh, man. One one that you thought was good. One that you thought was like, this is really gonna get through. Mario's gonna feel me on this. I wanted to do a cooking show. I really <laughs> wanted to like go into the dorms and do a cooking show and like, he was like he looked at me and was like, Don't even think about it. Do you have any yeah, well, we get a couple ideas to be determined. Uh, one thing Sam and I have been doing, which is really neat, is sitting in on basically it's called Xavier external meetings. So we're sitting there with a couple associate athletic directors. Uh, we're sitting there with the lead marketing. We're sitting there with uh, Chris Schaff, who's basically the head of information technologies at Xavier. And basically, Xavier with their pregame routine, being the band, music, starting lineups, has kind of had this same flow over mm-hmm. the last 15 years. And and where I've been really lucky is I've been to every Big Ten gym. I've been to every Big East gym. Uh, Sam's been to every Big East gym now. He's been to every Mac school. So Every Mac school. So, so we've <laughs> seen... Mac and baby. We've seen a lot of stuff that people working in our profession for 20 years haven't seen that don't get to travel. Right. And we just kind of had some ideas that we would spit all around, and more or less we got pulled into these meetings. And I wouldn't, we don't want to give anything away exactly what's going to be going on, but... Uh, give but, one away. Let's hit that one. Man... Let's just say the crowd the crowd is going to be a lot more involved this year at CentOS, at least we hope. And we got a couple ideas that I'm telling you that are really, really out there. And you, you'll know what they are when you see them. Again, we don't want to give, I don't want to give these away because these we're still hashing out the final details of how it's going to be initiated. But I'm telling you the, the pregame and in-game experience for, for the fans and hopefully ultimately our players and create an atmosphere at CentOS Center is going to be changed. And it's going to be really, really cool. And Sam and I been able to be a big part of that just because again it, it's something that we know they're changing the music up or what what do we one i'll say this one idea literally was thought of during a game last year and it came to my head and i told mario and he lit and i'm he was like looked at me and looked away and didn't think of it and it might come to fruition this year so we'll figure it out <laughs> there you go. music's a big piece yeah. music's a big piece but there's there's some other stuff in there that we're, we're gonna i think that it's gonna get some national attention so it's gonna Sweet. be really unique that's cool. So you guys both just shouted out your guys' conference, Big Ten and MAC. How have uh, Sam? You spent one year in the Big East. You spent two years in the Big East. How has it kind of compared or contrasted to what you've seen in the MAC and in the in the Big Ten? Uh, so what I what I think like I love the MAC. Uh, sometimes we make fun of the MAC. Uh, our managers probably listen to this. Shout out OU. I love OU. It's my favorite place ever. Um, really do love. Always talk about my time at Ohio and all the MAC schools. And I think just like. All our assistants besides Dante, so Jonas Hayes, Georgia, SEC, Ben Johnson, Minnesota, Big Ten, Nebraska, Big Ten, Trey, Big Ten, Steele's been the big... No one really in the program had ever been to a mid-major school. Like, no, I'm telling you, no one, the hardest place to play, I don't care, like, you can say the cross-down shootout out at UC is hard. No one's ever played an 11 a.m. tip at Eastern Michigan in Ypsilanti. It's the hardest <laughs> place in the country to play. I will go down, when there is 55 people in the crowd, because Ann Arbor's 20 minutes one way... We played in my sophomore year. Is Michigan State, Ohio State were playing, and then Michigan, Nebraska, Ohio, Eastern Michigan. It was all the games were at noon, and I'll never say like, I'm. It was the hardest game ever. You said there was fifty five people in the crowd. Fifty five people in the crowd. 
it was it, we won. I remember that it was like, but people were like, oh, like it's easy to play at UC. Like not obviously, show wasn't great last year, but like those games, like you're playing in Madison Garden, like you're gonna be pumped up. Like, yeah. You're gonna be ready to go. That game when it's cold in the Ypsilanti and you have to get off the bus and like the hotel is just okay. Like that's something like I don't think people at the Big East level and Xavier level like really knew. And like for myself, like I always took it for granted. Like that was really cool. Like when we play at Villanova at Seton Hall, like you just find it hard to get yourself pumped up and motivated to kind of give it your best type of thing. Um, yeah, it's you don't do it until you experience it. And then it was kind of funny last year. Uh, our three grad transfers, they all would agree with me. Like Ryan Wellich, Kyle Kass, and Zach Hankins all came from lower levels. Yep. Even Hankins, like, it is hard. Like, when you're playing on the road at Butler in Hangle Fieldhouse, and, like, they're yeah. chanting Xavier sucks, like, yeah. that's everyone's juice is going to be flowing. So, like, that's my thing. Like, now, during the game, yes, obviously, when it's really loud, 10,000 people are booing you a little different, but when it's dead silent, like, people always say, like, the secret scrimmages are always kind of hard to get going and get that vibe because you're playing in an empty arena. Playing right. at some MAC games... Like it's that. a secret scrimmage. <laughs> That's funny. Um, last last coaching uh, or kind of your guys' uh, aspirations about coaching. Want to touch on is what what do you guys want to do with coaching? Uh, where do you guys kind of hope to take this? And is this something that you guys see yourself doing in the long run or or what? Yeah, I mean we're both really really early into this right. whole process of coaching, and you see people that have been GAs end up all over the place. Some people end up just maybe going the high school side. Some people end up working in the NBA. Some people coaching college. Some people settle down with a family and have more of a nine-to-five kind of job. I personally at this point am kind of all in on the coaching thing. Uh, I prefer college. Yeah, I want to go as far as I can go. I don't want to put any, any cap on what I'm capable of. I don't I don't really have like a five-year plan or a ten-year plan. Um, really just kind of day by day. It sounds so cheesy probably, but I kind of have like three little pillars for myself and one of them is one percent of the time and just I kind of think about every day it just could be a small task a small reach out to somebody just watching a little small clip or saving a clip for myself of a baseline of the bounce but what's something I can just keep doing every day to inch closer and closer to that goal and it could be forming a better relationship with somebody trying to learn something about basketball trying to do the best job I can with my job so that might be taking care of our players and getting them the best meal I possibly can for that day anything I can do to uh better myself in the you know in the program in the eyes of the coaches maybe enhance my resume for the outside and you know what happens happens I think it, it's an unpredictable lifestyle to get into if you look at all these coaches they've been all over the place and the, you know I never would have thought it would ever been at Xavier and so wouldn't be at Xavier wasn't for my connections to Indiana so like what happens next I have no idea, but uh, just taking it day by day. and uh, You're a musky for life now, though, right? Musky for life, for sure. Uh, love Xavier. Uh, love Coach Steele. Basically love the fans. Like, love the city of Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, I don't know how long I'll ever be here. Hopefully hopefully a long time. But uh, it, Xavier will always be a special, special place to me, for sure. So, Yeah, uh, same as Trey said, um, one other thing about me is I like to talk a lot. I have really bad ADD. At times, I can be really focused. And I think about that when I think about my uh, my like my career aspirations. Like sometimes I'm like, yeah, head coach. That's what I do. Shout out Brian Snow if you ever listen. This is the 14 year plan. I still want to do that. But I I don't. I always like this is one thing I think my one of my biggest strengths is I don't. I know what I don't know, and I don't, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I know I want to, I, it's definitely coaching. It's definitely basketball. Like. I don't know. I've met some NBA scouts. I've met some, like, I met, met Mario. Like, something like Mario. It's really cool to me, being on the social media side. Yep. That's awesome. Like, I don't know. But the, the plan still is I want to be a head coach. It'd be awesome to be a head coach one day. Um, but I'm not going to, like, rule, like, man, like, head coach, you're bust. Like, right. it was funny. I was sitting in Mario's office today, and I was thinking about, like, how many people fan-wise watch Mario during a game? And, like, man, does he, like, what does he do? Like, that guy, he's been sitting there for 10 years. Like, he does he ever think he's going to move up the bench? Like is he, But, like, Mario's kind of laughing at it because, like, he does so much for the program. Um, yeah, he's a – no, if, you, if anybody knows every basketball knows that Mario's playing he, a big role. He might role. get mad at me saying yeah. this, but I asked him today because I've been asked twice this week about him. I described Mario as if Xavier basketball was a mafia, he's the head of the mafia. He, like, you never see him. You don't know what he's doing. But, like, everything, like, is run through Mario. So that's, like, yep. again, like, I would, like – I, some, he's really someone I look up to, and 
I don't know what the next step is, and I don't. And I know I want to be in basketball. That's the one thing I do know, but I'm not exactly sure. That's sweet. No, that's cool. Um, yeah. Anytime I talk to a former player, and they need like a a link to get the new gear or tickets or whatever it is, it's always they're always hitting up Mario and saying that Mario's their guy or whatever. So that's cool that uh, he's kind of been that guy for Xavier and helped build the brand. Um, mm-hmm. Something that you've kind of helped do with the social media and as- aspect of it. Uh, I've gotten like texts from guys that run like photography for Butler or other schools and it's just kind of cool to hear them that they, they follow Xavier's accounts on social media because they steal ideas from, from Xavier and like it was just kind of cool to hear that um, throughout the last couple of years that I've been kind of covering Xavier basketball. Um, wanted to kind of get in on Team 98, a little bit of talking on, on the new guys. Um, seven newcomers. Um, wh- what have you guys seen from the newcomers that you guys have liked and what's been the, what's been the energy around, around Team 98 so far? Uh, team 98, seven new guys who were really talented, man. And I'm sure a lot of teams were sitting here the first day of October. A lot of teams probably feel pretty good because no one's gotten punched in the mouth yet. And everybody's got big aspirations of playing time and scoring points and all conference, team goals and all that's great. Um, but, you know, we got a long way to go. We're in the first week of practice. But, but the good news is that the parts are there. And the freshmen are really, really talented. Uh, we we got a group of guys that I think over you know a four year span are going to bring a lot of wins into Cintas. I think you know I think we're ranked maybe 19th or something like that by the recruiting services on average. Right. But like I bet over time we bring more wins to our program than other programs, and that's no disrespect to the rankings of their schools. But I just believe that we bring in a certain kind of player that over a four year span you know maybe maybe we don't have a bunch of one and done guys. Maybe we have some guys that could leave early. You never know. But uh, we, we just have a solid foundation of freshmen, and it's really exciting for Coach Steele's class that he went out and signed on his own. And then uh, mm-hmm. the grad transfers, they're, they're, they're talented. Um, they're, they're great guys. They, they have a great work ethic. I think they really appreciate being at Xavier because, you know, no disrespect to where they've been in the past, but we, we have a, a greater budget being in the Big East and being on Fox Sports. So what they can get, from a dieting perspective, the the attention they can get more exposure. Yeah, from a strength coach, uh, the the gym time. You have GAs like Bo Burkhart and Sam here who can spend unlimited time with them. You have managers. We have we have sixteen managers. The resources are through the roof. As if we have everything you could possibly need, and I think that's really really exciting for for guys like that to come to your program. Have you heard Xavier. Bryce or or Jason kind of mention that as being a, a big plus in the program? Yeah, um, I know Bryce really loves the development here. Uh, Coach Joe really presses that on our program. Like we guys are true to our identity, and that's player development uh, when they're here. And I think it's just like one thing this summer, Bryce was like, man, like the development he went through this summer, he really engaged and really attacked him in the weight room, in the film room, like watching coaches. Like, yeah, he, I mean, Bryce is a big guy anyway, but like our coaches were breaking down film, having Scott, like, hey, Trey, like pull these clips in Bryce's summer practice. So tomorrow morning at 9, after he started shooting in the morning with one of the GAs, he can come watch it. Like that sometimes doesn't happen in a lot of schools. But we have the resources, the manpower that we can get that done. I think that's something like, damn, like I practiced today, I got my shots up, I got my lift up, I went and watched film all under the same roof and I got a meal there too. Like that's something that really like the grad transfers really take are taking for granted. That's cool that that kind of resonates with guys that came from smaller programs. I'm sure you guys, I mean, Sam, you said you can kind of relate come from the Mac. To yeah, it didn't happen in a lot of Mac schools. That's so what what have you guys been impressed with, uh, like, kind of early practices that I've seen in the Spain trip um, from some of the guys like, like Najee, for example. I mean, he came back. He looks much more chiseled. He looks like he's even putting on more weight in his upper body. And looks kind of like he just has a new focus this year. He looks like even, like, the shots that didn't count in practice, I was watching him take, like, no one was really watching. It looked like he was focused on, like, making all of them. Like, he just looks like he's kind of coming up with a new focus and kind of seeing with Scruggs. What have you guys seen? Yeah, I think the thing about Najee is Najee's one of those guys where like sometimes basketball chooses you. And what I mean by that is like you you might be seven foot one and super athletic and everyone's like, Man, you gotta play basketball but Najee, yeah, like he's six seven, he's long, he's athletic, but like Najee loves basketball. He goes home, he watches basketball. He gets on video games, he's playing two K. Like he's watching YouTube, he's watching highlights. Um he's just he's just a basketball junkie and uh when he first came into Xavier it wasn't you know, some of these kids it's not always their fault, but they didn't know exactly what it looks like to be an elite worker. And he came in and he'd be the guy in the gym a lot, but maybe he didn't get as much bang for his buck with every minute he was in there. And I think over time, 
he's he's learned what a good work at you know a good work ethic looks like like what does a good 40 minute shooting workout look like and if you look at what he did in the summer this year compared to two years ago just his intensity his attention to detail is so much greater and he started to take care of his body and he, he's you know you're never going to go zero to 100 in terms of your diet and stretching but he has really really made strides in terms of what he wants to eat stretching stuff in the weight room his commitment with coach Jennings and I think he's kind of seen all that take off and one of his th- his things has been Kobe Bryant how how focused he is and how much time he spends in the gym and, and that's what he's locked in on and like Najee to a degree is scared to fail and that can be a great thing because you're so motivated on getting better he was second team all big east last year and I think this year sky's the limit for him he could have a you know a great year we got a long way to go but uh he's done everything you could ask for a guy who's going to be a junior and uh, we're really excited to see the kind of year he has, uh, specifically when, when talking about Najee. So. That's, no, that's all good stuff to hear. I feel like Najee came back. He was the earliest of the guys that declared for the NBA to kind of come back and say he was coming back for his junior year. Uh, kind of like he was making a statement that he was going to come back with a new focus like right then. It felt like uh, that he had kind of a plan in his head to come back and show what he could do one more time. Um, obviously, there's rumors that he this could be his last season in Scruggs as well. Um, have you guys seen anything from Scruggs that you guys have liked in the early early season? Yeah, I think Paul, the biggest thing about Paul, he is just very consistent every day. You kind of like, I think you saw that in our year. There's some games he dipped down, but like, I think the best way to describe it is like Big East semifinals versus Villanova. Like, Paul Scruggs was there. Like, he showed up. Like, you, I think everyone on our program can attest to that. Like, you know Paul Scruggs every day. You know what you're going to get from him. And I think this summer is just like the same thing. Like, he like, comes in shooting workout. Like, he might miss a day. He might miss, like, we have a day off. He might not, he might miss a day in the gym. But, like, we're coming and shooting workout. Like, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. And, like, Paul Scruggs is there. Like, it doesn't matter. When he steps on the court, like, some stuff may be going on, off, 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 on the, off the court. He's, like, ready to go. And I think it's the best thing with Paul. Like, just stringing those days along. And, like, I didn't know Paul was freshman year. And I heard that was one thing. Like, some days, like, man, Paul didn't do this. He didn't do that. But, like, now, like, every day, just Paul's there. Like, he comes to practice, and, like, it's kind of, like, every day in practice, like, Paul's barking at somebody, like, calling somebody out. Like, they're not working hard. They're not doing this. Like, you can know, like, Paul, like, we go live. Like, he's ready to go every day. Like, he'll be getting on the floor in a one-on-one help side defensive drill. Like, he's going full go every time. So, that's a big thing with Paul. And I think that, that shows off in Demir Bishop and Kiki Tandy. Like, those two guys didn't – not necessarily the same kind of thing of Najee. Like, didn't really know what's a 40-minute workout like. But they see Paul like, oh, this drill, like, you don't go through the motion. Like, Paul's there, like, to bust their bust their tail and kind of come in at him. So he he's ready for it. And, like, I think the biggest thing is, like, Paul, like, you know, like, again, if we get in the Big East tournament again next year and, like, we're in the championship, we're in the semifinals, like, I can tell you right now, like, Paul Scruggs is, like, going to be ready to go. Yep, yep. No, that's kind of watching Scruggs the last three years. He's been, uh, I guess, yeah, this will be his third year. It's just been uh, fun to watch him develop. Looks like he's kind of honed in his guard skills now. Coming in, like, in high school, he was more of, like, a forward-type player. Now he's asked to play all, either off-ball or sometimes on the ball. Um, I think he's supposed to I think he'll have a big year this year. Uh, a lot of guys – like, I talked to a couple of guys that were watching his workouts in the NBA teams, and they were really impressed with, with him and, and, and Q, actually. Uh, good and got a lot of feedback that was positive. And um, even talking about his shot, the, some people that are – a lot of their fans were questioning his shot selection or whatever and uh, or whether his shot was – Kind of what like a little inconsistent or whatever, and a lot of these NBA guys they they didn't see that being an issue with him. What have you guys seen from from uh, Gooden coming into his senior year, and what do you guys kind of expect to see from him? Well, the first thing about Q and his shot selection is you know he Q in his whole life has been a point guard. He's never been a scorer. So you look at different kids like JP McCure was putting up I don't know how many points a game in high school. I want to say it was forty. He was bred to be a scorer, and Quentin was not. And the way he facilitated as a freshman and as a sophomore, you know, he was the fifth option, the sixth option offensively, which is a great problem because he is a guy who can't score. But then you come in the next year, and last year we did not have an identity coming in. We didn't know exactly what we had with all of our pieces. You got a couple of freshmen. You have almost an entire you know, new starting lineup. And for everybody to kind of fill out those roles, it, it took a little bit longer than we all wanted. But if you saw where we were from about February on, you know, Quentin Gooden was running the show as good as – any point guard in the Big East, uh, running the team, playing defense, pushing the ball, getting everybody involved. Like, he's also one of those guys. Like when he talks, you listen. He's got he's got one of those voices that's kind of kind of gravitating, which I think is a skill, and a lot of times it's naturally born. But you know, when, when 
when he's really got it going, the guys the guys follow his lead. And uh, you know, again, he you know he had a child born this summer, and I think that he's taken that and run with it in a positive direction. He he had a really good summer. I thought I thought maybe he had the the best summer compared to where he was in, in the past. Made the biggest leap even for being a senior. And uh, I think we're going to go as far as, as Quentin can take us, and, and I mean that in a good way, as somebody who's your senior point guard. He started in the tournament for – he started for a Big East champion. And uh, I'm really excited to see the, the kind of year he has. And now that we've been able to, to really put a team around him, I think he's going to be back in a, a position where he can really play to his strengths. And he knows exactly who he is, and I'm excited to see you know what kind of season Quentin has. No, yeah, he's – he seems like he seems to really be embracing the moment, and he's even talked about. Uh, I think well, he mentioned a Final Four for Xavier this year, uh, at least an Elite Eight. So it seems like he kind of knows the expectation is high, and Xavier's in the mix, and a lot of pre, a lot of these preseason polls in the top uh, 15 to 20 range. Um, so yeah, how, how do you feel like the team has embraced? Is, is there a different expectation coming into this season? Uh, Travis Steele's year two, uh, now that the staff's been together for another year or a full year, and you got Quentin Gooden, senior point guard, who's I mean, he's he's been to a Sweet Sixteen already and t- taking yeah, the team no, there. That's that's a good thing. Um, I think just like my opinion personally, like everyone listens to the hype outside. Everyone's everyone on our team has Twitter and Instagram. Everyone sees the polls. Everyone sees like Xavier's ranked in seven top twenty-five polls. But I think what everyone also does see is there's seven other Big East teams too. For sure. And of them, so like I think our guys at the same time, like hey, man, we're going to be pretty good this year. But also like. Georgetown's going to be pretty good this year, too. Marquette is pretty good. Marcus Howard, Miles Powell. Like, the Big East is loaded. Like, you look at the worst team technically in the Big East is DePaul this year, and they're saying, they got Paul Reed, who's an yeah. NBA player. Yeah, for sure. Like, Paul Reed had 17 and 14 against us last year at home. Like, he's he, a freak athlete. Yeah, huh? like, he, that, like, there's no, that's one thing, again, going back to the MAC really quick. In the MAC, like, you got some games that's like, we're going to win this one tonight. Like, I know, like, we're playing Miami, Ohio at home. Like, got a good chance. There is no game like that in the Big East. Like, every single night, like, you go at Providence. Providence is tough this year. Yeah, it's like, off a dollar. Like, those guys are studs. So, I think the biggest thing is, like, understanding that, too, like, I, this is something I said, like, we haven't, no one on this team has really done anything yet. So, not getting ahead of ourselves, like, taking them. But we have a lot of talent. The talent's there. And I think Tyreek Jones really talks a lot about, like, we, no one's done anything really yet. And it's kind of bringing it together. And I think it's kind of staying humble and, like, don't say anything out there. Like, let the play do the talking and just kind of just understand that the Big East is probably the first or second best conference in the league this year and that we got to come every single night and also, like, doing our work early this year in the preseason and in, like, the non-conference schedule. Like, the Charleston Classics have like, great teams. We can win that. That would really help our RPI and our ability to get in the tournament late. Playing Florida in the finals would be uh, so, something yeah. to circle on your calendar. be a great game. But I just think, like, the expectations are high. But our team understands expectations and we're remaining humble and understanding that the Big East is going to be a gauntlet this year and understand that we haven't really done anything yet and everyone's going to work hard towards that goal. That's, yeah, good stuff. And do you think now the freshmen coming in, do, do they kind of feel pressure or are they just trying to fight for minutes? What do you feel like the vibe is from the from the freshmen? There's you got a couple big, you got three bigs that are all trying to get minutes at that backup position and then you got Demir and Tandy. Um, trying to get the back of minutes behind Scruggs or Bryce Moore, whoever it may be, or even Gooden. Yeah, um, for the freshman year, it's like you don't know what you don't know. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just these guys, their heads are spinning this summer. And that's how it should be. The, you know, the college should be tougher and having early lifts, early practices, going to class, being expected to go to the training room, having all your academic times, you know, outside of class to make sure that you're, you're getting done what you need to do. It is complete 180 for a lot of these guys from what was expected in the past. And, and basketball is a big piece of that too because that's why we are who we are and that, you know, that's why we do what we do and have a, a staff like we have top to bottom. That includes the trainers, the strength coach, academics, GAs. Like They're just not used to the skills that they've had. And, and I think that as time goes on throughout the year, you know, it's impossible to know what those guys' roles are going to be, and I don't think they know mm-hmm. either. I think that they have goals right. and expectations with themselves, and they should like they they should expect themselves to to be able to contribute and and earn minutes and and have those individual goals. Those are great, but uh, it's just so early that you know right. it, it's tough from our end to say exactly how those minutes are going to shake up, and you know I don't think they know either, and I, I think they can be confident, and I think some of the guys are confident. That's why we recruited them. Uh, 
I just know I'm excited about the talent level, and uh, you know they'll be so much better in a month than they are now. And those guys will be completely different players in February than they are now. You look at Paul Scruggs, how much better was he in January than he was October as a freshman? Mm-hmm. Night and day. Um, how much, you know, Najee Marshall, uh, he started off as a sixth man or so, seventh man as a freshman. And by January of his freshman year, you can't keep him out of the starting yeah. lineup. He had to be on the and, floor. And, and in the tournament, he's by far your most versatile defender and, and one of the most irreplaceable parts of that team. And not to make excuses why we lost Florida State, but we didn't have a healthy Najee Marshall. And I think that made, I think that made a big difference. So... You know, where those guys will be in a couple months, uh, it's exciting to, to know what we have, and it's, it's going to be exciting to see where they go. So, cool. La- Last question I got before we get into a couple uh, down the parkway questions that some people sub- uh, submitted on Instagram. Uh, what, what is the, the – Sam, you've only been one year, traded two years. What is the funniest or best road trip experience you guys have had while at Xavier? I'll handle this one first. Uh, first off, I will say, like, I hate road trips. Um, the only part of road trips I really enjoy are the two hours of the game. I just like you weren't even looking forward to pack for Spain and get ready for Spain. Oh no, man, Spain was I. Were, I don't. I'm not a big traveler. Uh, I end up traveling a lot because of sports, but I just like man, I, I could just like stay in my house. I'd be fine <laughs> doing that. I'd just like going to the downtown Cincinnati, right? Um, I think. My, oh, definitely for me it was my birthday this year. It was February second. We were flying to Creighton. And we get in the flight. It's like a two-hour flight. We'll be there by 7 o'clock, like in the hotel. Uh, I was like, maybe I go down to like the hotel, get some bite to eat for myself for my birthday. And then we were like on the flight. It's, it takes a little longer than expected. Like I like, no, I always set a timer. Yeah. It's like we land, and all of a sudden, like, I'm like everyone's waking up, and they're like saying, like, whoa, we're in Kansas City. And I was like, all right. Like, that doesn't sound right. So it turns out, long story short, there was a ton of fog. So we went Cincinnati, Kansas City. Then they're like, we're going to fly to uh, Lincoln and bus. So we, like, get up there, fly to Lincoln, can't land. So then we flew to Grand Island, Nebraska. And now this was probably, we got there, it's probably 8 o'clock. And, like, the first thing I'm doing, I'm like, I'm looking how close Grand Island is to Omaha. And it was two and a half hours. So, like, we're in this small, like, private airport in the middle of Grand Island, Nebraska. It's my birthday. Everybody I'm, knows where that is, by the way. I've never. It was fun. Some of our players were like making jokes, like, "Damn, there's an island in Nebraska!" Like, <laughs> so then we get Domino's delivered. Coach Jennings did a great job with that. Him and Trey really got that done quick. I was shocked. The Grand Island Domino's. I'm telling you, they had it. They had like 40 pieces there in 40 minutes. It was unreal. It's no Ramondo's, but Jennings he selfish. No, so they got we got Domino's there. Took and took a bus. Didn't get to the hotel till midnight. Um, so to do film that night, game was at 11 o'clock the next day, just really tough. But like me and Trey ended up going and working out at like 1230 that night. And it was just kind of like something you can get mad about. But like at the same time, like I'm traveling on like a private plane on my birthday. with like a Big East team. Like this still sweet. Like definitely kind of funny. But uh, that's, that's crazy. That's awesome memory. I would say uh, my favorite game was we won at Wisconsin uh, my first year with Chris Mack in the Gavit games. And we were – Definitely the more highly regarded team coming into it. We had a lot more experience coming back than Wisconsin, but I've been there a couple of times in NDM and a couple of battles, a couple of battles, like one overtime game, another one down to the wire, you know, maybe a five-point loss. So to go in there for a third time, finally come out with a win, it was kind of the, the first real big game uh, I got to attend as like a member of Xavier and just kind of seeing that that team, like, hey, these guys are for real. That was a, that was a pretty cool moment, getting a road kill in Madison with a sold-out crowd. That was awesome. So, Wisconsin's been our buddy for a couple of years now. And, uh, we, we, don't, we don't play Wisconsin this year, though. No, we no. do not. We uh, do not play Wisconsin this year. We got a, they, gave us a, they gave us a break from that rivalry for a second. One more, one more funny, really quick story. Uh, we played Texas this year, so I handle all the food after the game. And I was really nervous about taking that responsibility this year just because I didn't want to mess it up, like mess up the food. Like, everyone's going to be mad. <laughs> the <laughs> Texas game was the only game it got messed up, and I'll never forget because I, I it was this pizza place. We didn't we just found out kind of late we were going. We'd never been to Texas, so like a lot of places, the Big East, we have an idea. But like someone was telling, hey, we've done this before, this before. Never been to Texas, so I'm like calling the day before the game. Found this pizza place. It was like it turns out like they went to the wrong place. They were so late, and like I don't know if Dante Jackson gonna get this far. I really want to shout out Dante Jackson for stalling <laughs> Coach Steele in the coach's locker room and I'll never forget because like I was freaking out and like the dude could not find the arena and if you've ever been there like it's so obvious where the, the Frank Yerman Center is 
and that was like the food was probably an hour late. But shout out to Coach Jackson for stalling Travis so, Steele. And who got the most pissed at you? Honestly, like the, the what really helped was it was so nice outside. So like our <laughs> players like sat outside. So like they were just like chilling outside. It was like because it was like really cold in Cincinnati at the time. So they were like chilling outside. It was like seventy five and sunny. And like there was like park benches and like we had some snacks at the time. So everyone was just like just chilling out there. Like they're like, "Where's Coach Steele?" And like they didn't know it the whole time. Like the food was not there. Like I was like freaking out. Like calling this guy. Like I was probably said some choice words. Sorry, the Austin, Texas pizza guy. But that was a pretty funny one. And turned out like completely smooth. Like Coach Steele came out. Food was on the bus. Like he has no clue. That's funny. That's good. I don't know. I'm sure Tyreek wasn't happy that his food wasn't there after the game. No, he wasn't happy, probably. <laughs> so here's a couple questions that uh, some of you guys' boys asked and some fans asked on Down the Parkway Instagram. Um, first question was, how soon or how realistically is it that Xavier will be a Final Four team soon? That was from Matt Dobson, who's a Xavier student. Um... Yeah, you know, I'm never going to call a shot on the the final four, but but I would tell you, I would tell you, my bull prediction is Coach Travis Steele will make a final four at some point. His uh, his Xavier tenure, which would you know, as Xavier fans know, be the first one. Um, just with the resources we have now, and you know, we're the building itself, the the nuts and the bolts. So you got your training room, your recruiting lounge, your tech deck, your locker room, which is going to be done hopefully you know in a month or so. You know, it's as good as it's ever been. Big year twenty in Centos. Yeah, and uh, you know the resources are are through the roof, and Xavier's brand is becoming as strong as it's ever been, due to all that and on the court success. People like Mario being able to pump out what they're doing uh, on the administrative side. So we're gonna get there at some point. You know, I, I don't want to say exactly when, but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be really special for Xavier and uh, you know with Coach Steele and. The recruiting classes and the assistant coaches that we have in place, there's there's no reason not to expect that you know it's going to happen at some point, and uh, it's going to be pretty cool when it does. So, yeah. any comment? Josh Tice, next question asked: Better party school, IU or OU? That's a good question. Uh, it's not close, actually. Um, <laughs> what I will say, this is my only defense, but OU is IU has a reason to party with their basketball and football team. So I'm just saying, if you gave Ohio University um, a prominent historical basketball program like Indiana, it wouldn't be close. And I don't <laughs> think if anyone wants to disagree, my DMs are open. Now, I have never been to IU for that. Um, definitely probably a fun time. Not going to doubt it. Bloomington, Trey is probably going to go on all like the internet <laughs> rankings. Um, the funny, a funny, quick, really quick story. We, me and Trey went to an Indiana game last year. We were driving to Bloomington, and like he was like kind of. Uh, Which game was this? Indiana, Illinois. Okay. And he was kind of just like taking some shots at Athens. And I'm like, look it up. Like, look what's better. <laughs> and like, he went just on like janky website and it actually had Athens. It had like Indiana six. He's like, see? And he like swiped up two more and Athens was four. And like, <laughs> we've never found Athens ranked higher. But I will say, like, with having not the best sports programs as Indiana, the party is probably just about the same. So I think that takes over the top. There you go. What, what, do you, what do you got, Trey? How are you going to rebuttal? I think it was USA Today uh, recently released an article, number two college town in the country. Um, you know, let's just stick to the big sources. You know, let's take my bias out of this situation and let's just go with the credible resources. And uh, Like we said earlier, we don't listen we'll to the preseason that. rankings as well. <laughs> oh, sh- uh, next question. B. Ross 034 asked, who is your favorite manager? I guess I shouldn't have told you who asked the question. I'm not going to say who my favorite manager is. <laughs> um, he says, B. Ross says they already know who it is. But uh, I will say that our managers, they uh, we have got a group of guys that work extremely hard, different skill sets, which is awesome. We've got guys who kill with the film, guys who are constantly helping workouts, reliable in practice. Some guys are more leaders by example, some guys more vocally. And uh, shout out to all the managers because, um, you know, I'm not just saying this because they're, they're my guys, but those guys do a terrific, terrific job. And I think if you looked at what those guys do compared to most programs around the country, like the, the work that we trust them to do on a day-to-day basis is is, is pretty high. And uh, all those guys are going to be really successful with whatever they got going next. So, Shout out to the Breakfast Club. They know who they are. That's, those are my guys. Next, next question was another manager, Nate Bond, asked, 
Which of you is more likely to make a Mac football team, and what position would you play? Ooh. That's another running office joke. Uh, I'm pretty confident in my abilities. Um, I bang a lot with Tyreek Jones down low, and he's a pretty big guy. And I, I really do think I could have made like a third-string Mac tight end. Um, it gets thrown around a lot. Uh, big question we always say, and we can ask, Nate, you can answer this one. If you were going against the Alabama kickoff, and I, every, Coach Steele thinks he would get to the 12. If you caught the ball on the goal line, and Alabama kickoff is running at you, what yard line? With blockers, but what yard line could you, could you get to? Like, I'm saying I'm getting to the 9 before mm-hmm. I'm getting tackled. Like That was that was like a question, and like we always throw those hypotheticals out. But Sam, what's your 40 time? Uh, <laughs> probably higher 5, like 5-5, five, 5-7. Five, five, man. I would hope I get to the ten yard line. I don't think anyone. I don't think I. You was like like we were like we one day we like watched film on it. We were like looked up some app. Dude, I don't know. Those guys are humming down the field. How far is Quentin Gooden getting? He can get to like the twenty. He's getting to the twenty. He got catch it first. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah, going back to those, who's a better Mac player? Um, I don't know if I have my skills would translate to the Mac, but uh, my sophomore year I was the quarterback for the sophomore team. Ten ten touchdowns through the air, four picks, couple. A couple, you know, one-yard QB sneaks, but, you know, who's counting? So, we were three and six. I don't know. Not bad. <laughs> Next question is Spike Murray says for Trey, thoughts on the state of Illinois football? <laughs> thoughts on the state of Illinois football? Well, I grew up uh, close to the University of Illinois, Champaign, so uh, I do follow the football program. You know, we don't have one at Xavier, so I think that's allowed. Uh, yeah, you know, you- they're not off to a hot start. I uh, hope they do well. And regardless who the coach is, hopefully they can get a couple wins for uh, for the orange and blue. So there you go. Stu Mag is the next question. He says, Trey, of your previous mascots, who wins a fight and why? You were a dragon, a Hoosier, and a musketeer. I'm gonna have to give that to my uh, my high school peak and dragons. Um, you know, that's tough. Just, to, that's tough to deal with, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys have watched Game of Thrones, but uh, the dragons they proved a lot. And I think if you just kind of reference that last season, especially the, the dragons are pretty powerful. So I think it's going to be tough to uh, defeat what they got going on. So the energy bus driver Quinn Douglas, he says, "No question, I just miss you, fellas." Shout out, Quinny. Um, we actually walking in here. I first time we talked about today, I was like, I guarantee Ducky asked a question. Um, I I try to say the same thing. That man really is like one of the best people. Uh, I wish a lot of people at fans as Avery could have ever meet. Um, being someone at any room he walks into, I'm telling you, like, our guys, like, they get so happy. Like, if I walked into the locker room, like, everyone's like, hey, Sam, but, like, if Dougie walked in tomorrow, like, the place would be bananas. Like, sure. I don't know what he does, but he just brings a charisma, and, like, everyone, like, loves him. And, like, he just, like, the energy buzz, like, it was so authentic. And, like, we kind of talked about this year, like, do we do something? Like, do we keep the energy bus like there's been ideas kind of thrown around and like we decided not to um maybe someone comes hopefully we don't need the energy bus because energy bus actually was something kind of season wasn't going great and we found the right. energy bus but it was so authentic and like we gave him a lot of crap for it behind the scenes but he really like he enjoyed it he, he took good. it and ran with it man he, he ran with it no i i interviewed uh quinn for down the parkway segment um probably the yeah end, end of last year before he got his gig was Wittenberg. That's that's where he's at, correct? Yeah. yeah. He's at Wittenberg. Yeah. So before he took his his, his job there, uh, I talked to him and like as soon as he walked in the room, uh, we actually talked right in the room next to the practice court. I mean it was just like he just has a positivity and an energy that's it's like contagious. That's the only way you can kinda of describe it. Yeah, there's no better way than what San said to describe him. Like he just walks in the room and he raises uh, you know, your energy level, and I think that's important for any team because anybody who's been around a sports team, I don't care what sport it is, you have good days, bad days, and you need somebody like that around to, to just kind of lift up your energy. And uh, we miss you, and we love you, Dougie. Shout out to Bus Driver. That's, no, he's he was a good one. I, I'm going to see him on the court. Um, Leighton Strand asks, who is a better shooter between the two of you? <laughs> you guys have shooting competitions to practice or what? Who, who wins horse? Um, I, I'll, I'll do this. So... If we had to shoot 10 threes right now, no defense, just good pass, Trey would beat me. He would beat me. But if we had to put, if you had to put us in a game versus Villanova and they're like, call a timeout and they're like, you have to sub in one person on the bench, 
It was in a suit. <laughs> and under the age of 27, I'm pretty sure I'm going to want to get picked. I just think I have... I got uh, just like bigger balls, honestly. Like I think I can come down, and I I think I'd make the shot. Now I think Trey is a standstill better shooter than I am, but like kind of Booby Gibson back in the day. Like I think I would just like lights are on. Yeah, like lights are on. Like I'm making the shot. Like, I think over that's over Trey. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to just we go back to Bloomington, Athens. Let's take opinions out of it. Let's take facts. And Trey Scotty has never made a Division One three pointer in his life. Though. If you take any shooting competition that Sam and I've had, let's say it's twenty five. And sometimes it's kind of like, you know, the dad and the son in the driveway, and you kind of give him a couple advantages. Well, there's been times that, hey, you know, let's shoot, let's shoot, you know, how many you can make in a row from each spot. And I may give him, you know, you can shoot from five spots, I'll shoot from two, see how many we're going to add up. And let's just say, you know, I think I've won every single time, and I just want to speak tangible results, what we know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, again, opinions, those are great. But I just kind of live by reality. Going, going back to college football, I don't know if this analogy means anything. No one remembers who was the best at the Oklahoma drill. They remember who was the best at tackling in the games. <laughs> oh man! Last two questions. What are your Jaycon three S? What are your favorite Nike kicks and Xavier colorways that you've seen on court? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, we just got done today. Um, me and Mara spent a couple hours designing our shoes. And Xavier is just really cool. I think a lot of fans, like a lot of our Xavier players, we let them like Nike ID come up. We have a really good relationship with Nike and like pick colorways. Um, my favorite, I would probably say this year would be the Kyrie 5. Um, I just feel like it has the best options. Because some of the shoes, like KD, like... It has like the mesh over top yeah, on KD, it. Yeah, KD's a, a weird dude. Like, I don't know if he actually makes the saying this, but his shoe, like, you can't do some colors. And so we, we end up, we can't get Royal KDs or Navy KDs. So we will, none of our guys will wear KDs on the road. We can't I, love, get, I love KDs, though. Yeah, you can't get them in black either. It's weird. Like, that you can weird. get them in, like, dark green. It's, like, all darker colors. Um, probably weird. my favorite would be the Kyrie 5s. I like, I really like a lot of just going all blue with a little white speckle on them. Um, PGs are popular. PGs, Tyreek Jones wears the all blue. Yep. Uh, we got some, we did black this year. Uh, the Freaks look pretty good. Um, a little white gray, because on the road, our guys like the metallic silver in our jerseys with the gray and the shoes. Uh, good favorite summer shoe this year is Jason Carter rocked them. It was a Kyrie 5. It was the Space Jam. or just It was some sort of like spaceship on it. It's on our Instagram page. You can look at our shoes. It's just like a different thing. I think Mario gives our, a lot of freedom to our guys in the summer, getting cool colorways that you wouldn't actually be able to wear during a game. Do, they, do the players pick those up? Uh, yeah, it's a, all collaboration. So it's just like I kind of like I live with three of our guys. I live with Tyreek, uh, Q, and Najee. Actually, Paul, Q, and Najee. It was like last week, sitting on my computer on Nike Ideas. I went to the kid, and he kind of like piece them together. And like I'll probably get 10, 15 designs, and then I sit down with Mario. We'll kind of whack out what Mario doesn't like, and then the end of the day, he's the one making the order. But at the end of the day, our players, like, they're picking what they want to wear. Um, we, we, again, in the recruiting process, stay true to the recruiting process. You try to show those kids, like, hey, like, you can wear this stuff. Like, coming to Xavier School with a great relationship with Nike. You yep. should be able to wear. As long as it's in the... Well, they're one of the, like, ten schools or whatever that Nike looks after, aren't they? Is yeah. It, so as long as it's in, like, the range of Xavier colors, um, one thing we... This year we're going to have some gum shoes. I don't know if people know what the color gum is. Uh, it's like a brown. It looks really good with black. So we look for that today, like... Black with a blue Nike swoosh with gum bottoms. Uh, looks kind of cool, so that's something you can look out for. It's kind of on brand because if you ever go to a Xavier practice, there's like a tackle box or three tackle boxes of every type of bubble gum you've ever seen. Yeah, no, it, definitely. I'm a big gum chewer. I probably have like 15 cavities now. I need to stop doing that. <laughs> uh, another, this was not asked, but just going along the same lines is what is your favorite uniform that, that Xavier wears? Either, either one of you? I think that uh, you got to go to the running man. So I think they're Which pretty ones? I, I think I'm going to have to go with the blues, and I'm not sure how much better they looked than the whites, but I think just the excitement and seeing how Xavier reacted when our guys came on the court last year, we kind of had the, the surprise where we came out on the court last minute with them, and uh, just, just seeing how, it just shows you how powerful the brand of Xavier is, and, and the fans that have been there, and the tradition of the past, and uh, it, it was pretty cool just to, to see how everybody reacted to, to, to bringing that out, and uh, so yeah, I'll go through Running Man Blues. I'll yeah. go, uh, I like all of them. I really do like, I guess this is 
kind of the Mario answer, just like the brand of Xavier. When I was at Ohio, I always loved Xavier shorts, the swords. I think that's really cool. Did you grow up a Xavier fan? No. I grew no. up a fan of the other team. Um, oh, no way. Yeah, I, I did, actually. Oh. I, my, my father went there, and... Again, like I love football too as well, so I grew up a fan of the football. But I always like knew Xavier. I was never like, man, I didn't like Xavier growing right. up. I always like I knew all the players. Like I knew everything. Like I, Kenny Freeze, Dante Jackson. I like, guess it is cool working with Dante Jackson. Like I don't know if he's gonna get to this part, but I I hope he doesn't. I really love working with him. Like it's cool. Like the Kansas State game. Like I remember watching that Dude, stuff. No. Like yeah, like I do like. Um, Some of those games still hurt. But I wasn't like a huge Xavier fan growing up, but I always loved the swords. Like, I thought that was so cool. So, like, I I like our blue away jerseys we wear. I just think it just looks crisp. Like, I think we have the best jerseys in the Big East. I just think, like, a lot of schools are blue, but, like, our blue is different. And it's just, like, when you eat, when you have, like, blue socks with the all blue out shoes and, like, the blue Showtime jackets and warm-ups with the swords, I think it just looks clean. Like, I think it looks great. I also love the... Uh like half hoodies with like the sleeveless hoodies what they wear for Oh games. yeah, no we get, they get everything. They're spoiled. That's uh, last question is Josh underscore B ten asked, What is your guys' favorite basketball memory from your childhood? It's a good question, Nine and Dollar. Uh my favorite childhood memory, basketball related. Uh, one on one on the on the blacktop or what Yeah. We my junior year of high school, we got to the uh, sectional championship in Illinois. So that's like the fourth round, fifth round, depending on what seed you are. And uh, we had won a game at home just like in front of – we had a big gym. I went to a big high school. And so it was just like uh, 5,000 people in the gym, kind of all your friends, all your family. And uh, we won that game and then went on the road like three hours away. And I think we had brought a couple thousand fans on the road for a high school game, like a couple buses filled up with students. So just kind of that experience as a whole, uh, having success as a teen, like, you know, it, it is so true. Like you say that to kids all the time. And it's not about those individual goals, the team goals. And like what we got to experience as that team is like far cooler than like any specific game I ever had or, or anything like that. Just seeing the, the power of the power of sport and community. So that's a lot to go with. Cool. Uh, honestly, mine. Mine probably happened last year. Honestly, playing like my former team, Ohio. Uh, I thought that was just like I'm not gonna really go into it, but like, that was probably the coolest. Game. It was the worst two hours of my life, just because I loved both teams and like I just thought that was really cool. Like it was cool for my family. Like my mom and sister went to OU, and it was just like cool for them to like see that and like kind of like it all kind of worked out. And when you were at OU, did you was there any inkling of where you were trying to go after you finished there, or what was it? So yeah, I mean, I applied to over a hundred schools to be a GA at. Um, I wanted to go anywhere. Uh, Xavier honestly did kind of appeal to me. So I met Trey. I worked at camp, and Trey kind of like helped me get my process started going into my senior year of college. And like he kind of made he made a comment. I don't know if he remembers this, but it's like if you look at GAs at Xavier, they really have done well. Like it just. Going back, Dante Jackson, Jeremy yep. Grell, Ty Sampson, Alan Payne, Rick Johnson. Like, these guys are all at a Division one school now, and they're all doing something. Like, they, they, Travis Steele was very low here. Chris Mack was low. Like, everyone's worked their way up, and, like, it has a blueprint for, for success here at Xavier. So, like, that was always, like, really cool. Um, I told myself I didn't want to come back home. Ended up doing it. Uh, worked at Xavier. I love it here. So, that's great. That's awesome. Good stuff. I was appreciate you guys coming on the podcast and uh... – Catching up with uh, Talking Buckets. Um, Xavier fans, follow them on social media. You guys, just your Instagram handle is Trey Scotty? Yeah, mine's just Trey Scotty. And I'm just Sam Frere. It's pretty easy to find. There you go. All right, guys, and uh, hopefully we'll be tuning into another episode soon. Until then, talk to you later. Go X. <laughs>